Welcome to We Got Balls, real, raw, masculine sex talk with Chris Inman and Scott Cohn. Chris and Scott both work with men who want to leave their unwanted sexual struggles in the past. They are willing to do whatever it takes to help men get curious about what drives their compulsive sexual behavior. With that said, here we go. Well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of We Got Balls. And today, this episode is for you folks out there in Missouri, the touch me state. (laughs) Where everybody loves to be touched, evidently, because we went back to the research, guys. We went back to the Pornhub year in review, and it's got a little graphic on there. And of all the states that are out there, Scott, guess what topic is the most searched term on Pornhub in Missouri? I have no idea, Chris. Tell me more. Oh, you can touch my heart and tell me. Come on. It's massage. (laughs) Massage. And that's what we're going to be talking about today because everybody loves to be touched. And I've just got to say this, just like we've said in previous episodes, there's some really beautiful things about massage. We are in no way, shape or form shaming or condemning massage as a practice or something that can be very beneficial and healthy for you. But when we take massage and we make it sexualized, especially when it's sexualized in pornographic videos and content, then we have to investigate what's really going on. What is it about massage that makes it so attractive? So Scott, give us a little bit of the data on massage and why people might look into that as an arousal template. Well, I, I was also going to say that it's it's not just pornography. There's a whole category of paid sexual activity called massage parlors. Oh, well, see, duh, am I. Come that, on. That happens you, to be fairly popular, right? <laughs> so. I have a funny story about that. I was in a recovery meeting one time, and a guy was saying, yeah, you know, you can go over to this Korean or this Asian massage place. And I said, ah, no, stop. I was like, I do not want to know where that place is. And because there's one in every town, you know, that's that's very popular. Yeah. I mean, if owners of NFL football teams are getting uh, massage parlors with happy endings, you know, everybody's doing it. Yeah. But there, there is a I mean, touch is a powerful thing. It really is. I mean, the largest organ in the body is our skin. So someone that can make contact with that organ of our body and make it feel good, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and in fact, I'll just uh, go there from a how are we hardwired as as human beings? We come out and the primary way in which we are communicated to by our parent, our mother, uh, the way she attunes to us is through touch mm-hmm. and the tone of her voice because we can't see as infants very well. We can't you can't yeah. see very far as a as a baby, but you can certainly feel touch and you can certainly hear. And so those are kind of the two primary ways that we receive attunement, affection, soothing, comfort, care as children. And it doesn't go away in later life. In fact, this is a little science on the subject. There is a stroke speed at which human beings like to be touched and stroked. And if you do it faster than that, it becomes irritating. If you do it too slow, it's irritating. But there's a speed at which we intuitively know how to touch our loved ones, how to soothe, how to comfort, and even part of the sexual experience, right? So this is one of those areas of our lives where um, you think about, we talked a lot about how our brain has seven primary circuits that are social in nature that are kind of wired into us. One of those is the play circuits. 
The, mm -hmm. the play circuit is connected to the lust, sexual lust circuit, um, seeking circuit. There's rage. There's uh, panic. And but but play touch is a form of play and touch is a you know, as, as little children, we learn uh, how to play by being tickled and wrestled with mm -hmm. and all yep. that's occurring. You know, you're stroked on your face. Um, think about just in the Western world. We do not touch somebody's face unless we know them really, really intimately. Right. And and if you do, it's a violation of personal boundaries. Like if somebody comes mm -hmm. up and goes, you're like, back off, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so um, massage is taking that touch to kind of another level. And you're actually having to put yourself into a uh, a, a parasympathetic immobilized state to be touched by another person, even if it's a massage, because if your sympathetic reflexes are inact or activated at that point, you're going to want to fight or flee when somebody's touching you. Right. Yeah. And so there, well, I mean, just what you said, Scott, I mean, non-sexual touch is the way that we learn to receive all kind of cues about attunement, containment, safety, and love, or those that's the, the, the layman's terms for attunement and containment. And, and so, you know, when we have this modeled for us for years, I mean, you know, you think about it the first time anybody hopefully is in, in a sexual relationship at the earliest would be in their teens and maybe longer. You got 15 years plus of having this, this experience with touch. And so then you stack on an arousal template, a desire to be sexual on top of it. Powerful. I mean, what is foreplay, but touch, but but sensual massage that leads to sexual um, experiences. Yeah, and and yet so many of us grow up with a sense of touch aversion because we weren't touched very much. So yeah. we either are averse to being touched, or we're touched very inappropriately. We were groped, mm. we were fondled, we were sexually abused. And so you have to look at the role that touch plays in kind of your life story if you want to understand what's going on in your sexual story in relationship to touch, in, in particular, this, this aspect of massage. Massage is the 51st or the 51, 51st most searched for term in terms of sexual terms in general search. So it's a huge except in Missouri, except in Missouri. Except but that's but that's specific to Pornhub. I'm talking about meta search. Yeah. I'm talking about all search okay. engines. So all the Google terms. All yeah. the Google, all the other kind of search engines. When you combine search from all of those, according to billion a billion wicked thoughts, this is the fifty first most search for sexual term is massage. So um, it's, it's a very fundamental way of how we want to connect with other people in a sexual way. And so where, where does that come from? That's, that's what we're here to talk about. Why is it so arousing? And in, you, you found out, too, that in uh, the Pornhub annual review, it's in the top 15 for gay um, themes. So yeah, so I think it's important. And, and I'll just say in my own, uh, experience using porn, I mean, there was, a, there, there've been seasons. I mean, I've, I watched porn for 20 years where massage kind of becomes in vogue. And I remember there was a season probably about 10 years ago where there was a setup of the new porn starlet that was up and coming 
would go into a room with a massage table and it would be essentially 20 minutes of, of sensual massage. And of course it would end up with sexual acts on the end of that. But there, but there really is um, a very strong pull towards the, the, the touch element. And let's just be honest. What does every guy ask to give his girl? Can I give you a massage? Knowing full well that, that's code for, and then we can have sex. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a joke on on uh, social media is like, you know, I only wanted a massage, and I got these three kids because I mean that's just what happens. Is that that's part of the per- natural progression of um, human touch interaction, and I mean people get turned on when they get touched a lot, especially when the experience of a massage is objectified, which is, I think it's important if we, as we have this conversation to talk about what is mutual touch versus what is objectifying touch. Well, even before we do that, let's just talk about touch massage and what it does in your body. It creates Mm. arousal. Massive amounts. And I'll share a little story. When I was five years old, I was sitting on my grandma's lap. And she had her hands inside my shirt going like this on my back with her big nails. And it felt so good. And I got an erection. Mm. And I said, Grandma, my penis is hard. And she said, oh, well, that happens. You just tap it <laughs> on the head and it'll go down. <laughs> and and so I tapped it on the head. I guess it went down. but Just like they do in the ER. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they better not do that to me. But, you know, when I tell that story, um, guys will go, oh, that's so sweet. Because my grandma did not shame me around my penis getting hard when she was touching my back. And why did that happen? Because when you're being touched like that, your body is in a state of Mm. parasympathetic immobilization, which is also parasympathetic. Uh, The parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for creating erections in men. So when you're relaxing to the point where you allow somebody to touch your other body, you can get an erection very easily. And that's why a lot of guys going and getting legitimate massages will get boners and it freaks them out. There's like, what? I didn't mean to get sexually aroused. And maybe it's a guy even doing the massage and they still get an erection. It's normal. And massage therapists that are trained are trained to recognize that and obviously keep the sheet covered you up if you're naked under the sheet and so on. But it's a normal way that our body responds to that kind of tender, uh, even even Swedish massage, you know, where your muscles are being rubbed and all that. It's a normal response to that. So, Scott, yeah, I mean, I totally resonate with you on that because that's where I was. I mean, I didn't get a massage till I was. uh, So we were doing our unwanted training together and we were required to do some self-care. And Ah. they said, you know, take it, take a day. And go and spend a hundred dollars on yourself. And I'm like, well, how the heck did I spend a hundred dollars in a day? I don't play golf. There's not any good whitewater rafting around here. So what am I going to do? So I've never had a massage. So I booked an appointment with a legitimate massage place, went in for a 60 minute massage and, you know, undressed to the level of your comfort. And I'm like, I'm here for the whole experience. Got all, got all undressed and got covered up with the sheet. Right. And come in. And I'm, I'm, I'm having this massage and the whole time I'm having this massage, I'm having that fear. What if I get an erection? What if, what if something happens? 
And what was amazing is as I just enjoyed the experience of being touched in a comforting, soothing way, I never got an erection. Um, you know, and, and it was never, it did never feel unsafe. It didn't ever feel arousing in any way. It just felt calming. And I think so much of my sexual experience and my arousal template, I mean, cause my, in my arousal template is the, is the massage porn is that I, I see this as an opportunity for two people to not just, um, uh, be, be mutually and respectfully touching, you know, uh, as the, she, she's there for a tip. I mean, she was there to make her $30 in the hour, which is great. Uh, and, and I was there to be relaxed. And so it was, it worked out for both of us, but I, I want to make it about, um, taking each other's bodies and using them to soothe the pain deep within. That's, that's where a lot of times when I would, uh, consume porn that had massage in it, I was, I was waiting for when would it take that turn away from the mutual and toward the sexual, toward the orgasmic and the consumptive, because I wanted the, uh, the, 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 the visceral human sexual experience to start to ease that pain and shame inside of me. So uh, that makes me curious. You don't have to answer this if you don't feel comfortable, but what in your story do you think that is attached to then? Oh, my friend, 100% emotionally disengaged parents, especially my mother, uh, who was a kind woman, but not attuned to and 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 um, cared for, nurtured as a child herself. And so she really didn't have the ability to do that with me. And so I was the oldest child. In fact, there's a story of me when I was four or five years old, I would sit in people's laps and I would put my head on their chest and I would reach up to their earlobe and I would just rub their earlobe oh. just to, just to have some sense of touching something that was uniquely human. And I would do this with, you know, anybody because I was trying to have some physical connection. So obviously there's a great desire to um, be connected with another person. But, but obviously as I matured, that turned into not just a mutual physical connection, a non-sexual touch way. It was like, I want to take this non-sexual touch and ramp it up to the sexual touch so that I can get my, uh, my, my dopamine hit, my serotonin hit, all my, uh, my chemicals flowing through my body to make myself not feel the pain. Wow. Um, that makes me really sad. Thanks. I felt, I felt that in my chest and it also made me think about my, my granddaughter that we're raising. She's seven now and she constantly wants me to rub her back and to rub her mm -hmm. arm. And I think about her as a little girl and she didn't get a lot of attunement from her mom because her mom was struggling with substance abuse. And I need to do a better job of taking care of that physical need because so often children that are touch deprived, then they're taking that out to find somebody who will meet that need. And there are plenty of people right. out there that'll meet that need in a really nasty, malicious way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've already shared my abuse story, but one of the reasons I've avoided massage for a long time in my life is because it factored into how I was used sexually. Mm. And so even though I had a positive experience with my grandma, 
um, I have experiences with my mom and other females where they slapped me on the face. And so mm. touch from a female wasn't something that I really craved. My dad, in terms of physical touch, could get really rambunctious and really kind of harsh with touch where he would tickle me and my brother to the point where it hurt and we would cry. And then he'd criticize us for being crybabies. And my right. dad was a, he was kind of a, a big grown up boy and not really mature when he got married. And so I think about the ways, you know, where, where I want touch a lot of times is I want physical touch from another guy, but not in a sexual way, but I've always avoided massage because of the harm that I experienced in my abuse experience. But when I did eventually go and get a massage, I found it to be really uh, healing and it really filled that need of not only being physically touched, but it helped me recover better from kind of sports related uh, uh, fatigue and, and soreness. So I think it can be a really helpful thing, but it's, it's never been something that was sexualized for me because I think it was such a source of harm. I had no interest in going back and repeating that, even in a reenactment. But I can see why it is for a lot of guys because, and I also think a lot of a lot of the fantasy of this, from a sexual standpoint, comes out of that deprivation of touch. Do you remember mm -hmm. being touched as a little boy? So let's talk about the fantasy of the massage porn or the massage acting out. Now, what is it that people are looking for when they when they want to go to this type of sexual medium to soothe what's going on inside of them? As I'm as I'm sitting here thinking about it, um, I'm I'm thinking there's you know there's an appropriate way to touch, and we've talked about that. I mean, the things that are mutual, non-sexual, um, uh, given consent, you know. Someone feels safe when that happens. And then there's this this other version of it, which feels almost like um, a boundary transgression. Like, you know, for example, you, you know, you, you, you go in to get a regular massage, but then at the very end of the massage, the masseuse takes off the, the towel or whatever she's got over you or he's got over you and then begins to massage your genitals. In, in the in the heterosexual version of massage porn, it's a, a beautiful woman who gets on the massage table and the masseuse is the one massaging her. And then she either, you know, instructs him or he transgresses the boundary to move into breasts and butt and and um, vagina areas to massage, which eventually leads to um, acting out sexually in all the normal sex acts, as we've described before. What is it that you think pushes people to that boundary transgression to get that arousal? Well, there'd be two versions of that. Wouldn't there, there would be the guy on the massage table getting massaged by the girl, and there would be sure. the girl on the massage table getting massaged by the guy. I'm curious about which one is more, most viewed. But yeah, I would say in hetero, it's it's girl being massaged and the guy being the masseuse. Really? Okay, that's yeah, yeah. that surprises yeah. me because I think it would be the reverse. That's that would be my estimation. No, um, no. because because the um, the fantasy of getting a happy ending is is I mean, and you and you've seen this even in you know the recent scandals with athletes and and celebrities who've been caught up in these massage scandals, right? 
So you go in thinking it's going to be a regular massage and you're pushing the boundaries to ask for something more. That's, that's typically the fantasy. That doesn't play well on video. It seems really pushy and toxic hmm. for, for, for men to do that. Um, now, I don't know how it plays on the other side of the street when it's guys and guys. I, again, not consume much of that. Well, so that's, that, that is surprising to me because I, I wasn't aware of that. So I would say what is the dynamic there is really being driven by a psychological. So it's, there's visual cute sexual interest. So go back again to our architecture, which is visual cute sexual interest. The woman's partially clothed. She's clothed with the, uh, you know, she's the one that's in a position of vulnerability and the guy's yeah. massaging her. Right. So this to me, and, it, and, it's, and it's usually in the visual cues and those it's usually the pelvis. It's, it's the butt or the vagina. It's the inner thighs. It's that's, I mean, there is some, some breasts there as well, but it's definitely getting access to the sexual organs is kind of the goal of the, of the um, arousal there. So to me, what that says is I'm a guy that's looking for a woman to make herself vulnerable to me. Right. Yes. Yes. And yes. who's willing to submit to my touch and to let me be dominant in leading the process of touching her. Yes. So, which to me, this is really interesting because in a lot of the guys that I, you know, I've coached and maybe this is the same for you that actually pay for massages, it's the exact opposite dynamic. Yeah. They're yes. wanting to reverse the way in which they have been used by a female. Typically what you see at play there is, a lot of sexual abuse from an older female in their life at some point, okay. babysitter, mom, whatever. And so when they go to um, reenact that, they're looking for a way that's kind of a, a reversal of the dynamic where they didn't have a choice as a child, but now they do. So they're right. still having the female that's being aggressive towards them, but it's their choice instead of yeah. feeling powerless. So I'll give you a key in this. And we'll get to this in, in an upcoming episode. You know who is normally the person doing that reciprocation um, of that kind of dynamic? In, in a massage parlor? In a massage parlor. An Asian woman. It's an ethnic woman. Yeah. Almost universally, it's somebody that is seen as lesser than on a social strata of these men and they're being serviced. I mean, you think about What's the appeal of Thailand and the and the soapy massages over there in Thailand is that you're massaged by somebody who's subservient to you. It, and it's it's not just lesser than from a social status. It's lesser. It's more petite. Right. Petite, smaller person. So yeah, true. I can yeah. dominate them and I'm not I don't have to fear that. So almost universally, guys that have been sexually abused by women are ones that are paying for sex in massage parlors and almost that's why almost all the, the women who work in massage parlors are ethnic minorities, a lot of Asian yeah. women for wow. that reason. because of the Many of them held against their will. And I'll just say that if you think that um, an Asian woman giving you a massage at nine o'clock at night is how the business works, no. She's not there because she chooses to be there. There's Using a lot of other sex slavery. There. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So be very, be very wary of what you're participating in. So, um, so that's interesting because it, it, you have to then kind of decode the the dynamics based on what you're actually viewing or what the scenario is yep. playing out. And that's that psychological, you know, me wanting to dominate. 
And well, and I'll give you another cue in that is almost universally in those massage videos, it's the the, the guy who's doing the massage massages the the butt or the vagina and and and, and you know crosses the boundary whatsoever. You know what the next act is in those videos? Oral sex. Uh, exactly, a blowjob. Every time a so, blowjob. Yes. And she's she that she's laying there submissive, naked on the table, giving a blowjob to a guy who's partially clothed, who's you know uh, has a, a, a decided power over a dynamic to her. So what's that about? That's about a female who cannot resist my advances because she finds me to be so overwhelmingly erotic that she gives herself to my pleasure. Yep. Yep. Where's that coming that's from? Maybe a mom right. that's unavailable, probably. Maybe so. right? Yeah, you got it. So Scott, let's let's switch gears here. Um, and I think you know, we we've covered the the kind of hetero side of this. So um, what's what's up with the guys uh, in 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 the gay lifestyle? What are they looking for in massage? Why is it so popular in their arousal templates? Well, I would I would think a lot of it follows kind of the same logic of the fantasies we've talked about. There is if if it's um it depends on where you imagine yourself are you the guy giving the massage or are you the guy getting the massage but again it's typically a bid for a lot of tenderness so maybe you mm -hmm. had a very abusive relationship with your father your older brother and other men and so one of the ways that you're psychologically trying to kind of reverse that is by uh, imagining a scenario where the man submits to you while you get to have your way with his body, but in a tender way, right? Or you're the guy that receives tender and caring touch versus the physically abusive touch that you had growing up. So this, it, to me, this category isn't all that difficult to decode because it's about, we know it's about touch. Yep, it is. Um, and a lot of it just comes down to what's the power dynamic in the scenario in which you see yourself versus um, the other participant are you dominant or are you submissive? Are you getting the mm -hmm. massage? Or are you getting the massage? Because that's going to speak back to kind of power dynamics and whether you felt there was a closeness or a distance or a harshness or a tenderness in your relationship, primarily with your mom or your dad, wherever most of the harm lies is probably where that's going to be coming from. So for, for guys that struggle with a lot of same-sex attraction, they're going to fantasize about a man in one of those two scenarios, somebody that's either being really tender to them or somebody that they can be dominant with, but still tender with at the same time. Hmm. So, I mean, the powerful dynamic that we have here is, I think is really important because there's not many um, arousal templates that get so deeply personal and embodied. We've talked about that term several times in the podcast. Nothing is real for me until it's true for me and my body. And so to have this dynamic where someone is literally touching all the parts of my body, or I am touching all the parts of someone else's body, to have that true human to human contact. And, you know, there's even these a uh, strange version of massage called Nuru massage. Have you ever heard of this, Scott? Yeah, but I don't know what it is. What is body on body massage? Okay. So you're taking your body and and laying down and rubbing parts of someone else's body. Um and so it's it's truly about that skin to skin, flesh to flesh uh contact that that is truly exciting. I mean, there there's nothing. I mean, this can be an amazing dynamic 
to incorporate into a healthy relationship. It's not just the deciding, truth. it's comforting, yeah. right? It's, it is comforting, yes. And it's a fundamental way of feeling connected. When, when you mm. touch me, I feel connected to you, mm. right? Mm. And I feel comforted yep. by you. And so I think this one, this particular fantasy speaks volumes about the lack of a sense of connection and comfort and care in a person's life growing up. Like if I'm yeah. really held in the grip of this particular genre of porn or even acting out in massage parlors, be very curious about how you were touched growing up. Yeah. What are your memories of touch? Who touched you? Who touched you inappropriately? Who touched you with harshness? And uh, have some tenderness towards your own heart in kind of decoding this. And um, I don't normally do this, but this is a unique situation. I think it's important to say if you struggle with this arousal template where you really love massage and you're turned on by that, be curious about how in your healthy relationships you can incorporate touch into your life. I know this has kind of been obviously one of mine. And so I, I really love to give hugs. Like I am a hugger. If someone will receive a hug, I'll give you a hug. And with some of my better friends, sometimes those hugs last for a little more than a few seconds. There's no, I'm not gay Pat at the end of that hug. It's, it's, a, it's three taps yeah, and I'm out. No three taps, no three taps. It's, it really is. I want some touch. And, you know, same is true with, putting my hand on another guy's shoulder or, you know, patting his back or just, you know, being affectionate appropriately. So again, I want to stress that that's, this is not sexual touch. I am engaging in non-sexual touch with uh, peers who I can feel that comfort from. And of course, in my relationship, you know, hugs and kisses are, are on, on the table all the time because I need that as much or more as I do um, in my situation, the sexual piece of our relationship, just because that little bit of touch, I mean, isn't how much dopamine gets released when we have a little bit of appropriate touch, Scott? You know, it's a good question. I don't, I, I would say it's two or 300 probably percent of what a regular dopamine is. I do know that an orgasm is 400%, but okay. I think, but I think touch is going to be kind of pushing into much higher dopamine territory because we have so many touch receptors in our skin. And I'll, I'll share my own experience with this. I have uh, one of my best friends. We work out together. We've done this for years. And between sets, occasionally he'll come up behind me and just massage my shoulders and my, you know, traps. Mm -hmm. And I'll do the same to him. And it's a, I just feel cared for and loved mm -hmm. in those moments. And I know he, he likes doing that too. And he's, you know, he's not a threat to me. He's not violating my boundaries. I don't feel uncomfortable by it. And so I think if, if this is an area, like you're saying, where you feel an, a longing and a need in your life, there are healthy ways to get this need met and you should yep. pursue those. So, um, yeah, it's. But, but I have to say this, if you don't disentangle the harmful touch pieces of your story or the lack of touch that you've had in your story and get some clarity and emotional care around those, it's going to be really hard to be boundaried and safe in your non-sexual touch. Because right. It's going to always bleed over into consumption, bleed over into using. So do the work. 
reach out to one of us. We'd love to help you do the work to get into a place where you can have healthy touch in your life. And it, you know, the, the really big challenge in this, Scott, is it takes time. We've been touched our whole lives or, or not touched appropriately our whole lives and learned to do it um, in a short, short-circuited kind of way through porn and sex. So now we need to find the true human connection that we've always longed for by uh, being in, involved in safe communities, safe connection, safe nurture and care and containment, and then rediscovering touch as the gift that it really is. So guys, be curious about your stories. If massage is a big part of what turns you on, instead of trying to shut that down with shame or hating yourself, be curious and kind to yourself and, and ask yourself, when did that start in my life? Where's that coming mm. from? Why is that so attractive? And join us next time here on We Got Balls. And so do you. Take care. Bye, guys. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. You can connect with Chris at PornFreeMasculinity.com and with Scott at SuccessfulMen.com.